listening to the Taming Crazy podcast with Alicia, Deb, and Sue, where each week we'll share our views from the middle. We're talking the ups, the downs, and everything in between of being a midlife woman in today's world. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. So if you hear any heavy breathing, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Taming Crazy podcast. I'm Alicia and I'm here with my Fitbit buddies, Deb and Sue. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so how's the week been for you guys? Anything interesting? Nothing interesting. It's been going good. Sue, how about you? I've just been trying to move. Like not house, obviously. Just like my body. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. You're trying to get your steps in? Yes. Not just to the kettle? No, I've had to move further than that. <laughs> I've been doing laps before bed. Oh. So that I kind of, you know, don't leave any steps hanging. That's awesome. That's the thing, right? It's like, okay, you've got to get those steps in and you've got to hit certain targets in your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite motivating. Fair, fair yeah. play. Well, everyone's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I've just got to get a few more steps in. I've got like 97 to reach my target for the hour. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, before the little feed me comes up. I love that. Yes. Yeah, because when it gets to 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, God. Yes. I've got time. Yes. <laughs> You've been sitting all this time. Get up and move. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So... I have been gardening all week and my knees are freaking killing me. Oh. oh my goodness. But my radishes are sprouting. Oh. To be honest, I absolutely hate radishes, but I did hear that they're the easiest thing to grow. So I'm <laughs> growing them. <laughs> and they're sprouting and I'm pretty excited. You know what? I hate radishes, but this is my top tip. Do you have an air fryer? Yes. They make pretty good chips. Oh, I'll have a bash at that because yeah. I really don't like... My husband likes them, but I don't like them at all. Same here. Oh, I'm going to try like they're that. They're a waste of a vegetable, but yeah, they make pretty good chips. Oh, I'm going to try that. Mm. Nice. Good tip, Sue. I have something else sprouting too, but I don't know what it is because I forgot to label it. So that'll be a surprise <laughs> vegetable. <laughs> oh, well, I'm a bit jealous because... Like, I've taken tomorrow off. I wasn't going to, but I've decided to take tomorrow off just so that I can start sticking some more things in the ground. But I did notice the arugula is peaking up now. Oh, it's a good feeling. I haven't, like, I haven't gardened for, like, 15 years, I think. It's like starting all over again. I'm quite excited. Uh-huh. Anyway, I don't know about you, but I've been noticing lately that more and more people are having trouble sleeping. And I'm wondering how you're sleeping right now. Has it changed at all in the last little while since we've been under this quarantine thing or is it been the same? Well, I have to say until this week, it had been exactly the same, like absolutely no problems at all. And then this week I have had really, really, really bad night's sleep every night that's not good yeah i'm pretty sure that's not down to like covid19 i think that's probably just other things yes i think a lot of people are suffering with sleep problems right now just because you know some people are dealing with a lot of anxiety and worry Mm -hmm. and everything else deb how about you right now are you is it the same 
I'm actually doing really well for my sleep right now. Nothing for me changed, you know, with the COVID-19 for sleep pattern. But I was going through that up and down cycle with that midlife hormonal thing. And, you know, I had three, four nights in a row where I wasn't sleeping. And then I went on this HRT. Well, I'm doing amazing with the sleep. Oh, so you're really finding a difference. I'm finding a big difference. The only thing right now is that I'm just awake that much earlier because of the daylight. So that's my my neck. My weekend is going to be getting some blackout curtains, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's true because it's so light so early. (laughs) I guess it depends on where you live in the world, but yes. Here in Pacific time, it's it's light really early. Mm-hmm. And we know that has a big effect on sleeping patterns, right? The daylight mm-hmm. kind of wakes you up. We know that sleep is vital in the protection of mental and physical health and your quality of life, and it supports your brain function. And adults require seven to eight hours a night in general. So are you getting that kind of sleep, like seven to eight hours of restful sleep? I would say probably six to seven. So not too bad. No, not too bad. Like I have no problems, you know, going to bed even at 10 and falling asleep in a deep sleep by 10.30. But then, you know, right now it's that five o'clock thing that I'm I'm ready to get up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, at least you're getting that sleep though, mm-hmm. right? If you're, if you're asleep at that time, you're getting enough hours. How about you, Sue? I usually get seven to eight hours. And if I don't get that, I get a bit like a toddler. Yes. Mm -hmm. I just like sleeping. (laughs) It's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I really like, you know, being all comfortable in my bed. And I have to say, for me, it's a bigger struggle getting to sleep. But once I'm asleep, I'm usually good. Mm Mm-hmm. We spend an awful lot of time sleeping and everybody has a sleep story. So I'll share a little bit about mine and see if you guys can relate to it. So as a child, I used to suffer with night terrors. I used to sleepwalk and not remember anything about it. And I also suffered from a lot of nightmares and a few of them I can still really recall vividly still to this day. And also those dreams where you're falling. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the nightmares that I used to have had a lot to do with the intrusive thoughts that I have, which is part of the OCD that I have to deal with. I'm not sure. So sometimes I think I wasn't sure if I was actually having a nightmare or the intrusive thoughts. You know, sometimes they kind of mingle in with each other. Mm -hmm. But I think I slept fairly well, other than, of course, when you have kids. I mean, who sleeps when you have kids? But When I hit my, I think it was late 30s, maybe early 40s, I started dealing with insomnia really, really bad. It seemed like probably a year or more where the insomnia was so bad, I was almost like in a zombie state in the daytime. Like I could barely function in my job. And looking back, I'm almost positive it had to do with my hormones because once I had a hysterectomy, the sleep started to get a lot better. After that, it seemed like I slept really, really well. But I used to have about three or four nights every four weeks 
where I would wake up at like three or four o'clock in the morning, but I could get back to sleep. So I'm really convinced that it's hormonal. Mm -hmm. But generally, I sleep really well. So do you have a sleep story or, or has it been the same throughout your life, Deb? You know, I don't remember having the nightmares. You know, I, I might have had the odd nightmare like, you know, the common child did. But I, I had the same, I guess, pattern hormonally, I would say, as you. So, you, you know, you're good for three weeks or so. And then there's a week in there where you're up and down all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, how it's been for years and years and years for myself until, like I said, I went on this um, HRT. So definitely, I guess, hormonal. But I also have not had like an alcoholic beverage, which you're probably sitting there with your G&T and C and your wine right now. But <laughs> Okay, I am not drinking. Me either, actually. I did contemplate it, but I forgot. <laughs> I uh, I don't think I've had an alcoholic beverage for months and I found that really affected my sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And alcohol is known for um disturbing sleep. Yes. Like quite badly. How about you Sue? What, what what's your story? <laughs> Well, actually, I do remember having some quite bad nightmares. And there are like there's one in particular that I remember that coincidentally started my snake phobia. And now, which is nice to be able to combine these things. Absolutely. Yeah, there was another one, which was kind of an almost like a Hansel and Gretel nightmare as well. But I still had that up until no my teens, really. And that was kind of a recurring nightmare. And yeah, I I suppose I slept. Well, because I was a nurse and I would work shifts, I had very disturbed patterns because the way things were, you would do so many weeks of days and you might be starting at early, you know, so shift started at seven or you might be doing a late shift, um, which ended at 9.30, I think. So you would have that kind of come home, decompress a little bit, go to bed, be back on the ward for seven the next day. So I got used to functioning with probably not optimal sleep. And then I had my kids in there as well. So yeah, messed up sleep for for years. And then it all kind of settled Mm -hmm. down quite a lot. But again, like hormonally, I would be fine for three weeks. And then unfortunately, because my periods were so irregular, I would not really know why I was sleeping badly or anything because I would forget every month for some reason and then you know it'd be like oh of course that's why I haven't slept Mm -hmm. because I would always have a night where I slept really really badly and then I would sleep really really well and then my period would start which was odd Mm -hmm. or maybe it's quite normal I don't know right and then now now I just love my sleep Especially if it's a restful sleep. And I think if you've dealt ever dealt with anxiety, mm-hmm. that has a huge effect on sleep too, because it can be impossible to sleep well when yes. you have an anxious brain. You know, if you're worrying or you're overthinking, you know, I think we've all experienced that from time to time, but you really do have to have a calm mind mm-hmm. to be able to sleep well. Mm-hmm. And when you have anxiety, calm mind is something that never happens. You know, if something is really bothering me, I may fall asleep, but I'll wake up around two or three o'clock and have a really hard time going back to sleep Mm -hmm. because I'm ruminating all the time. All of these thoughts ruminating through my brain over and over. So when it gets really bad like that, I actually have to get up 
and watch some telly or something because the only way I can snap out of it is mm -hmm. by disrupting the thoughts. And for me, part of that is OCD as well. And the thoughts can get very intense and sometimes they can get very scary. So the only way I can do it is to disrupt it completely by, you know, turning on the television and watching something because mm -hmm. I can't think my way out of it. Because to sleep, you need to not be thinking. Mm -hmm. It's like a vicious cycle, mm -hmm. right? So, but I have noticed that a lot of people have trouble sleeping when they're dealing with anxiety. I think that's one of the biggest things. When I had my regular anxiety and depression, I, you know, it would be a struggle to get sleep because I would be overthinking things and then I would get sleep and what have you. But when I had my perimenopausal anxiety, that's when the insomnia really kicked in. Unfortunately, not for, for very long. But like you say, I was I was like one of the living dead, you know, kind yeah. of. It would take me so yeah. long to go to sleep. And then I'd be worrying that I was disturbing my husband. So I would get up and li this is ridiculous. The only thing that would help me get back to sleep would be reading the Daily Mail because I would be so bored by the complete shit mm. that was written there. I would kind of read a few celebrity stories and go, well, isn't that shit? And go back to bed to sleep really well. <laughs> Yeah. And I think uh -huh. you do have to find what works for yeah. you. Speaking of perimenopause, Sue, I think, as you know, I think that's one of the first uh -huh. symptoms that women actually experience in perimenopause. <laughs> perimenopause. I can't say that word again. Perimenopause <laughs> is sleeping problems. And, you know, for many women, they continue to have problems with uh -huh. sleep throughout their postmenopausal years as well. But a lot of times we're not aware of it. So when we're dealing with these sleep issues, we never really put it well, down that's to it, Because, you know, like we've talked about many times before, it was, you know, well, I'm not sleeping because I'm worrying about this. I'm thinking about that. And there was always a rationale for why I wasn't sleeping. Yes. Yeah, when you start putting two and two together, it's like, wow, this is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Because like, like you say, it is such a common symptom. And so many women like suffer from it, but we don't know that it's a symptom. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Like I blamed my husband. I thought it was him. And I actually kicked him into the guest room for probably a few months because I thought he was the one keeping me awake. The poor guy. Like, But that's what I thought. I'm like, something is waking me up all the time. I could hear him breathing. Yes. So that must be what it is. He was breathing, laying next to me and breathing. So I actually said, OK, you have to go sleep in the other room. And he did that for months until I actually realized that it wasn't anything to do with him at all. But I don't think I ever admitted that to him. I can't remember. <laughs> but anyway, I, <laughs> I think a lot of women do find mm -hmm. that. And maybe that a lot of time has to do, too, when you're sleeping with somebody that yes. maybe snores. Yeah. If you're not deep sleeping or having a really restful sleep, it's really easy to be woken up by all kinds of noises. Well, I used to try to go to bed very early so that I would um, be asleep by the time he started to go to sleep so that I didn't have to hear the snoring. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. it turns out that he has sleep apnea and it wasn't his fault. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Part of my work, I attended quite a few courses on sleep apnea and snoring. And you'd be surprised how many women experience mm -hmm. it. Lots of women experience sleep apnea that I'd never realized before. 
you know, sleep apnea occurs when the muscles in the back of your throat fail to keep the airway open. So your brain is constantly waking you up to breathe. So your sleep is very fragmented. Mm -hmm. So you never feel rested at all. You suffer then with low blood oxygen levels, and that can lead to high blood pressure and heart disease and memory problems. I think having sleep apnea or even snoring really mm -hmm. needs to be get checked out because it can lead to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a higher risk of developing sleep apnea if you're over 40, if you're overweight, if you smoke or the size of your neck. And in men, it's over 17 inches and women over 16 inches. So that's a really interesting thing to remember. Mm -hmm. Apparently I do snore. I've woken myself up snoring and it's one of the reasons I don't, you know, I, I try really, really hard not to ever go to sleep on public transit. <laughs> you don't want to scare people. <laughs> and unfortunately, I am also that person that, you know, parks their bum in a seat on a plane and promptly falls asleep. <laughs> I'm jealous of you people. I can never do that either. It only happens on planes. Like, literally, I, I kind of just buckle myself in and go to sleep. And, <laughs> you know, clearly I'm not in any way anxious about flying. <laughs> I was reading something by Dr. Neil Stanley, and he's a sleep specialist in Europe. And he talks about something he calls a sleep crutch. And it has to do with believing you can't fall asleep without a certain pillow or a certain drink or a certain something whatever it is and the more you believe it to be true mm -hmm. the more real it becomes and some people worry so much that you're not going to sleep without that certain crutch mm -hmm. that you actually don't another thing we do when we've had a few bad nights like waking up at three o'clock every morning for a few nights is we start reinforcing the thought that yeah. we're going to wake up at three o'clock and when we wake up we check the clock every time we expect to wake up at three o'clock and then when we think which is of course the worst part of it we start thinking we can't think and expect to sleep so he suggests when you go to bed putting the thought that you're going to sleep through the night and if you do wake up don't look at the clock at all keep your eyes closed and try and fall back to sleep and of course it's it's not as easy as it sounds, but what I do when it happens is I do a breathing exercise if I need to. And it's the same one I use just to go to bed. And that's clearing the mind as best I can by breathing in and out of my nose and focusing on the sensation of the breath through the nose. Mm -hmm. And it usually works for me. He said a lot of people end up depending on the sleep crutch because they know they're going to wake up. So they believe they're going to wake up and they yeah. do. Well, I've, I've seen yeah. it. We used to have, um, like, obviously when I worked uh, as a nurse, we would have patients who would be on, like, a tiny, tiny, tiny dose of something to help them sleep. And they would tell you that they would not sleep if they didn't have this tablet. It was the same every night you would go through it. And, you know, sort of quite often it was something that wouldn't be prescribed. <laughs> you know, it, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, for yes. God's sake. Yeah. You know, so many stories about things. But they they would be absolutely adamant that they wouldn't sleep unless they took such and such thing. And it might be one paracetamol, acetaminophen. You know, it could be something like that, which in itself is yeah. not a, a good thing to be doing. It It is having that crutch. It's kind of, it's that part of that routine for them of going to sleep or not 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I, it just brought a memory of my oldest son when he was a little little one. He would not mm-hmm. go to sleep without a suit and blanket. I still have one of those now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, it, it is funny. Certain people have a certain pillow or they say, oh, I can't sleep without bamboo pajamas or whatever they are. So that's what they believe. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. It is. It's fascinating. I mean, and if you think about it from from the minute a baby is born, we are almost obsessed with getting them to sleep. And how long are they sleeping? Yes. And how well are they sleeping? And are they waking up in the night? And how quickly did your child start sleeping through the night and you know what the the problem is is that none of us actually sleep fully through the night without waking up you know even if it's just like Mm -hmm. a a micro wake up and you you don't recognize that you've done it we all wake up during the night nobody sleeps solidly through and yet we put that expectation on a tiny baby to be sleeping through the night for eight hours within like five weeks of birth Well, I mean, that's the first question we usually yeah. ask. Are they sleeping through the night yet? <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. if you think about it, it's all like when your babies are very small and, you know, it's absolutely the right thing to do, but having that bedtime routine. So, you know, you start slowing things down. You might have a little bath and put your nice, warm, fluffy pajamas on. And, you know, it's having that routine. Mm-hmm. And I think as you get older as an adult... <laughs> You don't have that routine anymore at night. Yeah. Uh, well, it will not surprise you to learn that I do not have a bedtime routine. <laughs> I was going to say, I have a routine and I'm probably the only one. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Well, they do say things have changed a lot because of yes. all of these devices that we have. And especially with kids, you know, it used to be where you'd have to be in bed by nine o'clock because that's when mm-hmm. all the adult shows came on the television. Mm-hmm. So you had to go to bed and all you had there was a book. Yeah. You know, you could read for a while. I remember reading, putting yes. the blanket over my head with a torch or what do you call a torch? A flashlight. Yes. And getting caught doing mm-hmm. it. Oh. Yes. All the time. But now we send kids to bed. They're going to bed later and quite often they're mm-hmm. looking at devices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. you know, sort of the whole thing with the light from the screens and everything which disrupts the melatonin and what have you and which all makes it difficult to sleep. And I know one of the things that I quite often do, like we got rid of the TV in the bedroom years ago and, you know, now the, the screens are kind of snuck into the, the bedroom. But I have a Kindle. And so I don't use it an awful lot because I I like to have a a proper book, particularly if I'm reading in bed. Mm -hmm. But even the screen on that is very disruptive because I was like, well, you know, I don't use the screen for uh, watching TV. But apparently just, you know, having it open and having that light exposure, like just for reading is not good either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, they'll you'll see like people and they'll be like, it's three o'clock and I can't sleep. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you on your devices? Like, what are you doing? That, that might be me on Twitter. <laughs> your brain is woken up then because you're typing in and you're, you're doing all this and yeah. you're actually making it worse. I tried to talk to Alicia the other day in the morning and she's like, no, can't do it right now. <laughs> She says, I barely have one eye open. 
And to me, it was like noon. I'm like, okay. I'll come back later. Okay, it was, it was not noon. It felt like noon. It was so funny. Yes. yes. She forgets we're on a different no. time yeah. zone. I mean, it's right weird now. because, you know, if I was going into the office, I, it would be unusual for me to be in before eight. But quite often I pop on a bit early and, and stuff, you know, because we use Skype for business, for work. And my boss called me one day and like, so the phone starts to ring and then it ended. So I called her back and she was like, you weren't supposed to call me back. <laughs> I was like, but you called me. And she was like, yes, I was trying to send you a good morning message, but I called you by accident. <laughs> Which explained why we were having a 7.30 meeting. <laughs> Yeah, I have to have one coffee in me in the morning just to kind of wake me up. But I'm a pretty good sleeper. Mm -hmm. I just heard my dog bark. I don't know where he is. I was looking at a few of the tips to help people sleep. But, you know, they're all the ones we've heard so many times Mm -hmm. before. Anything you can do to quieten the mind. Eating late at night can make sleep difficult. And I have an issue with that because Mm -hmm. I, I am a little bit of a snacker. I like a little snack. And, you know, my dad always ate Mm -hmm. something before he went to bed. A warm, relaxing bath before bed really helps. Mm -hmm. Naps can be beneficial, but you got to be careful not to nap for too long. Yes, or too late in the day. Yes. When I was having bad insomnia, I would try a nap, but then you'd fall asleep for like an hour or so. And Mm -hmm. you would feel so bad when you woke up. It's, oh my gosh, I hated that. But now I can nap for like 10 or 20 minutes and I'm I'm fine. Because you know, sometimes you're sitting there and you can't even keep your eyes Mm -hmm. open. Yeah. You're not napping, you're just resting your eyes. Exactly. And you know when your parents used to say that and you'd be like, oh, come on. And now I'm (laughs) finding that I'm doing that too. Like I just got to close my eyes for Mm -hmm. a few minutes. And Mm -hmm. I I do feel better after that. And the other thing is, alcohol like you mentioned before but you know they do say that one nightcap can really help but if you drink more than one you will wake up in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and then to take 30 to 45 minutes before bedtime to wind down like like Deb's your ritual whatever Mm -hmm. that means to you yeah some people read some people watch tv it doesn't really matter what you do as long as it works Mm -hmm. for you what is your ritual Deb uh, this is no surprise, I guess. I just do everything the same. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, like I even every night, you know, I wash my face the same time. I do everything the same. And I can guarantee you, like I, when I decide to go to bed, then I, I plug my phone in, charge it up. I, I don't go on it at all. The reason I don't is usually... When I go to bed, I am so tired that I just, my eyes just can't even look at anything, you know, a screen, a book. I'm usually that tired around 10 o'clock every night. I swear you're part robot. I think I I might be. (laughs) I I might be. Um, It's quite possible. I could really do with an off switch like that. I'm in the same position, exactly, and I'm asleep within minutes, like, and it's just... I don't think I know anything different. <laughs> you know, no, it's even on sleepovers you do that. And I'm like, I you are no fun at all. I know. Like, <laughs> you know, we're all in the same room and we're all like chatting in our pajamas. And 
she's asleep. I'm like, what? Why is she here? <laughs> it's like, why? Why do these girls have covers for their eyes and earplugs? I'm like, I don't understand it. And sound machines. Yes. I do use a white noise machine. I always have. Mm -hmm. I have a fan. And if I'm somewhere where I'm going to anticipate that there's noise, I will wear earplugs as well because noises wake me up. Hang on. So you have <laughs> white noise and earplugs. Yes. She's fully covered. <laughs> I got a question. <laughs> What's the point of the white noise if you got the earplugs? I know. I don't know what it is. And maybe it's it's some kind of psychological thing that I have. But mm -hmm. the white noise mm -hmm. is like right next to my bed. And, and it's quite loud. And it can't be like it has to be a constant noise. It can't be like running water, you know, those up and down noises mm -hmm. and a fan. And I think the earplugs are for noises that are outside of the white, white noise <laughs> I don't know it just makes sense to me when I'm like in that situation I don't know yes. yeah but that is my ritual yeah how about you Sue well I have a humidifier because I get so dry mm -hmm. during the night and like my sinuses end up really inflamed and everything and so in an attempt to kind of mitigate uh, migraines I use the humidifier which does make a bit of noise and every now and again it makes a glugging noise which is really annoying and then sometimes I do have the essential oils going as well as that so that would be my white noise component but it took me a really really long time to get used to that because I cannot stand having any noise so even like my husband's CPAP machine Sometimes that makes too much noise for me to, mm -hmm. to tolerate. Yeah, the room has to be pitch black. And like, even if the boy, because for some reason in our bedroom, we've got a window, which has got like those kind of glass brick things in it. And it kind of overlooks the, the living room. But because of the way the glass bricks are, you can't mm -hmm. see through them. So we've got curtains up there. But if somebody's going downstairs and they turn on the landing light, then that shines in through this light, yes. mm -hmm. through this window. And so I'm really, really sensitive to light and noise at, mm -hmm. at night time, which makes me really, really great to be in a hotel room mm -hmm. with. Yeah. <laughs> because I have to make sure the curtains are really, really tight. And if the air conditioner is noisy, then that has to be turned off because I can't tolerate that. Yeah, see, so you have some noise issues as well. Yes. Yeah, it has to be dead quiet. Although maybe those are our crutches. Could be. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I do like the sound of the frogs outside. Mm. That's my favourite sound at night. I have actually started to not close any of the blinds because it's out in the country. Mm -hmm. I go to bed and I can see the stars. And then when I wake up, the sun is, is awake. It kind of wakes me up a little bit. So I'm kind of mm -hmm. enjoying that right now. But normally, like through all through winter and everything, I have heavy, heavy blackout drapes. Mm -hmm. Like this house is full of peculiarities. And at the bottom of the stairs, we, we do have a light. And I swear to God, they can probably see this light shining from flipping Mars. 
It is just like seriously, it must be the brightest bulbs ever. But unfortunately, obviously the the LED bulbs, which are never going to to run out, so nobody sees any need to change them. Yes. Apart from me, and I need somebody taller than me to do that. <laughs> and you only think about it when it goes on, and you're like, "Oh, I got to change that bulb." And then once it's yes. off, you forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And then someone turns it on yes. again. Um, My husband turns off every light in the house all the time. Yes. Yeah. He can't watch a movie because his lights on. You got to turn every light off. So it's like, it's like. <laughs> constant and sometimes i'm like i have to pick up my phone to see where i'm going because it's like oh don't put a light on mm-hmm. so yeah i guess we all have our little peculiarities yeah three little things that i learn well not learned but i think are really interesting is the fact that being physically and mentally tired and exhausted doesn't mean that you're sleepy so when you think about that you know when you you're so exhausted and you fall into bed and you can't sleep when you mm-hmm. think you're going to sleep. I think yeah. that's, and I thought, oh, that yes. makes perfect sense. I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's been my problem the last few nights. As my mum would say, I'm overtired. Overtired, yet you're so exhausted and fatigued that you think you're going <laughs> to sleep, but you don't. No. And that brings me to the other one is you can't catch up on sleep. So, you know, when you think, oh, I'll sleep on the weekend and I'll catch up, you actually can't. You need sufficient sleep every single night. Mm -hmm. And you can't bank sleep either. You cannot bank sleep, no. And the other one is, is if you sleep well, then don't change anything. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Do you want to add anything on sleep? Any info, any tidbits, any words of wisdom? I think, well, for myself, like up until a few months ago, I was waking up quite a bit at night because I had those hot sweats. Yes. And so every night I was waking up to that. And then I had a tough time going back to sleep because, you know, when you feel so warm, it's it's just so hard to fall asleep. So I'm sure a lot of middle-aged women are probably suffering oh, with that. for sure. Hot flashes and night sweats yeah. that yeah. wake you up and... And then you're yeah. cold, you're hot, and then you're cold. I mean, that has a massive effect on your quality of sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the HRT yeah. has made a difference for you then, Deb. It has, yeah. Yeah, there's lots that I've, I've benefited. I can tell I've benefited for, from a lot of it. And some I'm still not yeah. quite sure, you know, it's a bit right. too soon. Yeah, the, the sleep has been going better. But even better. if you sleep better, I mean, that makes such a massive difference on everything. It does. And I actually haven't had a hot, like, woke up having a night sweat since I've been on it. That's good. Yeah, Yeah. that's really good. Sue, do you have anything else to add? This could be an age-related thing as well. I never really had night sweats, but now I I like the bedroom to be really quite cool because I love that Mm -hmm. snuggly, warm feeling. I mean, okay, it only lasts for about five minutes before I throw everything off. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) But I, I do love that sense of having something heavy on me and I always have done you know Mm -hmm. even if it's just very lightweight I like to have that that weight on me so um yeah Yeah. it's just a a case of playing around with things and and seeing what works and I think that's true and it is something Sue when you have dealt with anxiety you do 
sleep mm-hmm. better when you have something like a blanket or something over top of you. Mm-hmm. You know, like my husband, he sleeps and he doesn't have a blanket or sheet or anything when he's warm. But I have to, even if I'm really, really warm, I have to have a sheet or something on top of me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just that feeling of being covered. Yes. And it's the mm-hmm. thing where, you know, you can't stick your leg out and drape it over the bed because of, you know, monsters and things like that. Yeah. Someone's going to grab it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why, yes. you know, husbands should always be the closest to the door, because if some murderer was going to come in, they would be the first ones to be hit. So there's lots of rules. Yes, but if he if he comes in, like if a murderer, I don't know why I'm assuming it would be male, but, you know, predominantly they are. It's me. They're going to get me. Oh, because since we had the kids, I've always slept closest to the door so that they can come straight to me. I regret that. Yes, see? <laughs> you were not thinking ahead, Sue. No, you see, and I thought I was, but now, you know, he has his bed groove and I have my bed groove and yeah. and we can't swap. What do you think of these wrong. people that, I saw that on a show a while back where people didn't have a side. They just went no. to sleep. And I'm thinking, that's just so odd. What, so you just get into bed and lie anywhere? Yes. No, 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 no. I Is that, that. Not the, well, no. Deb, you couldn't. <laughs> no, there would be variety. That's not your your uh, your thing. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Even when Jason's on night shift, I'm still in my little pee. Oh, absolutely, bed. yeah, yeah, yeah. When Gerald's out of town. I, I still have my little section of the bed, which is actually right on the edge of the bed, usually. Yes, I do that as yeah. well. Right on the edge. I know, because you think, oh, I've got the whole bed to myself. And then you get in and you're like yeah. really stuck on that little end of the bed yeah. where I'm thinking, what? <laughs> what is this all about? Well, it's quite funny because yeah. when like Manny was here in Canada and we were still back in the UK, like he was here for nearly six months. And during that six months, I did sneak towards the middle of the bed. Oh. Mm. And uh, so when he kind of came home, I was like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> You're in my space. <laughs> oh, so maybe gradually over time, you kind of just morphed over, emerged yeah, over to that yeah, side. Yeah, it was just, it was a very gradual kind of sneaking. But by the time he arrived home, I was pretty much in the middle. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. weird. But I guess it's, they're just habits that kind of form over time. Do we have anything else yeah. to say about sleep? Sleep when you can. Enjoy it. Sweet dreams. Yes, do whatever yes. works for you. So, sleep yeah. well, stay safe, stay sane, and until next time, bye for now. Bye. Sleep well. Bye. Yeah, sleep well. <laughs> go to sleep. Deb's probably falling asleep already. Before you go, we legally have to tell you that all the opinions and information we share on this podcast is based on our own personal experiences and should never be taken as professional advice. We may sometimes sound like we know what we're talking about, but the Taming Crazy podcast is for entertainment purposes only, so please consult with a qualified professional for any and all health advice. Thanks for listening. Bye.